0: shows are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others welcome to the adventures in tech podcast talking the latest tips and trends in educational technology to innovate and engage your students here are your hosts andrew and dan hello everyone once again welcome to the adventures in tech podcast my name is andrew
1: and i'm dan
0: and we want to welcome you back, and uh, it's been a while. We are up to episode number eight of the Adventures in Tech podcast. We've had a, a couple bonus episodes, obviously the Thanksgiving holidays in there, and uh, you know I fell ill uh, for a couple weeks. So, but we're back. We're back. I know I you can't. missed me.
1: I have. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's been lonely. It's been lonely. So we're a little bit delayed in in our typical distribution of uh, of our show, and that's because I've been out uh, sick. Um and then obviously we did have the bonus episodes. We'll talk a little bit about if you didn't have the opportunity to check them out. What a fantastic experience at the Nicegate 2021 Better Together annual conference. It was great. Tons of educators. It was just good to be together. It really was. And seeing everybody and just learning and it was almost a sense of normalcy that we've kind of been craving for a while. So Definitely enjoyed that, Um, and we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, obviously, if you do like our content, uh, however you are, uh, we are reaching you, whether it be uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, iHeart, Spotify. uh, Please uh, provide feedback and a rating on that platform. Uh, Download uh, our podcast; you get automatically notified when there's a new episode. Uh, We do greatly appreciate your support, so that is something we definitely want to touch base on. The other thing is. It is the week of December 15th, and the Ditch That Textbook Digital Summit is going on right now. It started on Monday, uh, and it will be ongoing through January 7th of where you can access all of the videos and presentations. It's a free online conference and you can still register. Um ditchsummit.com to get registered. Dan I've had some opportunities to just check out some of the presentations. Matt Miller, you know, we just talked to him uh, prior to him launching the the summit for this year. We are going to talk in January, February have Matt on the podcast, but what a fantastic job he's doing.
1: Oh, absolutely. And definitely get in on that um Ditch Summit, I mean, it's day three right now. On day one, I saw a great session with Dr. Catlin Tucker um, for meaningful blended learning in class. There was a great um, video posted yesterday with G- Matt and Jen Giffen um, about yep, powerful, virtual gif. yeah, um, with powerful visual learning through sketching and for students. And then today was a pretty cool thing, something that I wasn't expecting from someone named Deanna Rice. Which was 12 must have items to make your classroom rock. I love it. And it wasn't tech items, it regular was just items. regular items and right. a ring doorbell. That's cool for so, transitions and timers ding and, oh, dong. Like, and you can have all different sounds. I was like, I need one of those.
0: Yeah. You know, that's great too. And, and right now is actually really the time to get these things because everything's on sale or special or, or whatnot, you know, through, through Amazon. Um, but that's a great idea for transitions. That's awesome.
1: And I can't wait till tomorrow. I don't know what it's going to be like. But the topic is John Stamos, the 80s and virtual guests for your students. So. Oh, it's like I bring back full house. Exactly. You know, I love it. That's
0: great. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah. So if you haven't had a chance to register, please do. Uh, after the live components, you know, for these next you know few weeks or whatever happens, they're usually like the vault. Matt opens up and you're able to continue to see them over the break. Uh, You know, because we know it's just such a crazy time of year for educators. Our students are, you know, their minds are not always uh, hyper-focused on what we're really teaching right now. So uh, because of the excitement of the holiday season and just the hustle and bustle, so definitely register, and then that way you'll get the emails uh, from Matt and his crew in regards to how you can continually access the Digital Summit materials and presentations.
1: So, it has been a while. So, Andrew, you want to start off this time and tell us what's been going on in the classrooms?
0: Yeah, so, it's been a long time is right. You know, we, we did talk to you uh, live last time when we were up at Nice Gate. A lot of good things happening in the classrooms. Still working on, uh, you know, the mini golf course. We're talking about that with some coding. Obviously, Computer Science Education Week was last week, running into early this week. Code.org, we're using Codable with some kindergartners. So a lot of good things happening uh, in the classroom in that regard. What about you, Dan?
1: Um, just wrapping up a lot of what we were talking about in previous episodes, using that AR, VR, creative space um, with some fourth-grade classes and then also with the, uh, the 10th-grade class with To Kill a Mockingbird. And the students in there, I mean, there was a lot of choice. A lot of them decided to build escape rooms. That's great. Yeah. Uh, and it was absolutely fantastic. Um, just the the level of collaboration and then also the critical thinking in order to not only build the escape room, but provide, you know, the clues and, and this whole story. So there was a lot of um, planning that went into the escape rooms. And I do have to thank Matt Miller and <laughs> Ditch That <laughs> Textbook for all their escape room um, resources for students. It definitely helped out. But the students really took took it upon themselves and they really planned it out well. So they went and they created flow charts and they looked at if and then and, and all these different scenarios that could happen to a user that's experiencing their escape room and basically problem solved along the way to make it a seamless experience that, that incorporated a lot of learning. So if you think about these types of activities, there's so much more that goes into the creative process than just, Producing something that looks nice. Right, right.
0: It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, a dog and pony show, for lack of a better term. It's really just, you know, the creation aspect, which we always say is important for our students to have that experience and not just consuming what's going on. Um, another thing that Dan and I put together that we'll uh, link in the show notes is a Merry Techmas uh, 12 days, you know, I know it's a little corny. We got it. 12 days of Techmas, tools to help all learners. Uh, we did share it out with uh, a number of people. I think, Dan, you put it on Twitter as well.
1: I did put it on Twitter.
0: So we'll be sure to link that in the um, in the show notes so you can check that out. Again, just a little fun around the holiday season as well. Uh, lot. Of, I don't want to say a ton of news, but there's been some updates, um, and we'll get to them in a minute. But, Dan, overall thoughts about the Nice Skate
1: Conference. Like you said earlier, it was great to be together. It was great to go and interact with people in the sessions. Right. You know, you learn a lot. Um, a lot. You, it, There's always that sense walking away where you feel a little bit reinvigorated. Right. I mean, we look at all these different tech tools, but we also look at, you know, all these different instructional approaches and, you know, things that you've been doing through conversations a new light is put upon it, and then it gets your wheels turning again. So definitely came back reinvigorated, excited to start new things, new projects. Um, really excited to start uh, podcasting in the classroom. Not us, but the student podcast. Yeah, yeah started, it's coming. Started working with um, an elementary school class with creating blogs and podcasts. So yep. have that up and running. So a lot of the ideas I was able to take and transfer over into our, our daily right. work
0: definitely makes you feel refreshed um i also want you know want to say i'm i know we both are super appreciative we've had we had fantastic attendance at all three of our presentations that we presented on uh, on sunday monday tuesday the conference it was just a phenomenal experience everybody was just over overwhelming like they just loved what we had to share and we were able to share our voice and made those connections that have continued on and and how can you know we help them in in kind of lifting up their colleagues. So again, that's another component where not just us learning, but just hearing from people with the like mindset of us and is really invigorating in that way. And it was, it was great. We got to hang out with Eric Kurtz a little bit. That so was fantastic. yeah, so Eric did some, uh, you know, great um, presentations for Google EDU. Uh, so we we're able to talk with him and, you know, going to have him on the podcast at a later episode. Uh, we also have Moat, Right, and yeah. I got
1: and I got a new sticker.
0: That is a nice new sticker. Dan's got Dan's all about the stickers, um, you know. Control all achieve. Uh, Eric's just got phenomenal content that he puts out there as well. So definitely uh, check out uh, Eric. So nice gate was great. Dish you know summits going on now, Dan. You're going to ask me the question. What do we talk about after this? I have no idea. Yeah,
1: so <laughs> there'll be something. <laughs>
0: There's some. There will be something coming up. Book studies everything. We'll, we'll we'll keep you posted on that. So as far as the weekly windup goes, you know, and this was something that came from Eric. Uh Dan you want to talk about how how can you, we always talk about the space in Google Slides. Yes, we know it's a presentation tool. But we talk about drag and drop for our students and to maximize space, Eric has come up with some very crafting creative ways. So what do you got Dan?
1: Well, that's the thing. I love the drag and drop um activities in Google Slides, but there there is there is a lack of space cuz for students to work on drag and drop, they have to work on it in edit mode. So that yep. puts the uh, you know the the timeline on the left, the notes on the bottom. So I know we'll put a link to it in to his blog in the show notes, but there's some tricks that you'll be able to use to maximize the space in Google slides to do this. Um, There's four built in settings that can be used to clear away all the extra panels and menus. Um, So there's a cool tutorial that will take you through. So just getting rid of the speaker notes is going to open up all that space on the bottom and, you know, second option is to drag that speaker notes bar um, again all the way to the bottom and drag it back up so you can just get rid of it. You can get rid of that film strip section, that that timeline on the left, and then um, hide that as well.
0: Yep, yep. And there's a couple others get, you know, full screen and menus. Um, he's got a, a good... Uh, lengthy post about it um, to maximize your your space in Google Slides. So we'll link that. Definitely check it out. See if it's uh, useful for you as you create those drag and drop activities in Google Slides. Now, speaking of Google, Google continues to do minor tweaks here and there. Uh, one of the most recent ones was customizing tables in Google Docs. And there's uh, a lot of things you can do. Now you can pin a table header row to repeat on each page. Uh, designate uh, that a row should not be split across pages. You can quickly add and arrange columns and rows, sort the tables to organize that data. If you're not a big fan of sheets, maybe you're using those tables to organize your data uh, completely in the Google Docs. And then you can use a new table sidebar to manage those properties. So um, it definitely allows you to display information in a document where you don't want to have it in a spreadsheet because spreadsheets sometimes, as we've talked about previously, they scare people. They're scary. Um, so definitely another way for you to kind of utilize the table features, uh, you know, in Google Docs. And again, we'll we'll share the post for it. Um, it definitely rapid release. Um, it's an extended rollout, but it was starting December 7th. Um, Schedule release domains, it should start on the 22nd of December, and it'll be available to everybody. All right, Dan, we also have uh, something from Matt, right?
1: We do. Uh, um, Matt Miller, just um, looking at the end of the year and with everything that's going on in the classroom, um, but he just put an updated blog post out um, looking at um, ways 30 sites for students with free time on their hands. So I think that's definitely um, worth looking at, but you'll find lots of sites packed full of learning that students can peruse on their own. So they include Free Rice, Bean Bean Bean, City Guesser, iCivics, Wonderopolis, Five Clue Challenge, Pixar in a Box, Dollar Street, Radio Garden, and more. Awesome. And uh, ending it up with Matt, he did also have 15 ideas for digital
0: end of semester final projects. Not going to go through all 15. That's something we could definitely have with a conversation with him uh, when he's on the podcast. We'll put the posts out there. You could take a look at it uh, and see all of the ideas that Matt has for those end of semester projects. Try to, again, make the students the creators, not just consuming something or, uh, you know, a regular formative assessment at the uh, at the end of a unit, you know, to really demonstrate learning. So
1: what else? Anything else, Dan? I'm looking over. There is another Google Workspace. Oh, that's updates right. Updates with you can now set tasks to repeat in Google Calendar. So you can create tasks with recurrence rules, edit the rules of an existing task, and set an end condition for a rule.
0: Yeah, you know, I use tasks here and there. I think uh, it could be underutilized, um, depending upon what you're trying to accomplish. It does have its use, and you know, sometimes you need those oh, reminders. So like. For example, Dan and I have make sure we do our show notes or whatever it is. We have those tasks assigned. Now it'll make it a lot easier for us to, you know, repeat them in our Google calendar, uh, you know, just to keep us on point. And, uh, you know, big fans of Screencastify. Um, They have shorts. They got updates. Dan, what do you got?
1: So Screencastify, coming to the end of the year, posted some great resources for teachers. Um, One of them is Screencastify Shorts. And what this is is an on-demand PD for teachers awesome. looking for ideas, um, yep. using video and different things. So, you know, some of the, the settings, that some of the uh, sessions that you can look at is using emojis with interactive questions, input data, output success, app smashing with screencasting. Um, there's a whole design series and then a YouTube Your Classroom. That's great. So definitely check out the Screencastify shorts.
0: Yeah. And I got to say, Screencastify, just just from September on or August, they've really, really updated their product.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Between the Screencastify submit and the shorts. And I think we all realize how powerful of a tool it is and how much it was utilized with asynchronous learning. You know, it's so easy to reach that student who may be having a challenge with a math problem. You know, I just know specifically at home, my daughter's had some struggles with with math content, but it's so easy to create a two-minute video, right, Mm -hmm. demonstrating that problem so that family members, guardians at home can assist, you know, the teaching that's learning in the classroom so the student can actually grasp the concept and move on and not become frustrated. And Screencastify is really, I mean, they're they're just cooking up all kinds of good stuff. What else you got?
1: And especially with Screencastify and the ability to put in interactive questions in your videos that you create is fantastic. I'm not sure if we mentioned it, but they did update in November that with the response questions, you can now check out data. It's organized by question, student and response. Um, so you can, you can view all the interactive questions and you can see how your students performed on each of the questions you asked and you'll see how they performed individually and also as a class. So it just gives you those analytics. So talk about different ways of putting in formative assessments um, using video for formative assessment could be a great option it's just such a powerful tool
0: that you know as it synchronizes with your your learning management system like it, it's it's almost like you're getting more power it's more becoming more potent than ed
1: oh i i agree and also if you think about video as an instructional tool i mean i i can speak for myself but if i'm learning how to do something I go to YouTube and yep. I look for those video instructions there um, because then it's going. It, it's just hitting me on a lot of different levels. I can hear it, I can see it. If I if I have a, a, a written version of the instructions as well, I have that there. So it's hitting me in a, in a variety of ways, which helps me understand it better.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent agreed on that. So this episode we wanted to talk about Wakelet part two. I mean, there, Wakelet is such a powerful tool. Like, it is incredible, and I feel like it hasn't even reached its full potential. I don't think, you know, it, it's like it hasn't, you know, blown up for everybody yet because it is so awesome. I mean, really, like, I'm just overwhelmed by it. And just to recap for everybody, Wakelet, you know, if you haven't heard of it, it's just the easiest way to capture, organize, and share multimedia resources with students, teachers, and the learning community. And that's important because... They're integrated with Flipgrid and Buncee and Google Classroom and Microsoft Teams and GIFs and Tweets. And it's just phenomenal, everything that they can use. They have not only the web base, but they have iOS and Android apps. So everything can be embedded directly in there. And Dan and I were just messing around with another feature today that we're going to talk about with the classroom part.
1: Right. And for those of you that are... um Registered and, and participating in the Ditch Summit today is I need to Sit down and watch the rest of it But I'm really excited because she because uh, Matt Miller had someone on from Wakelet um, talking about all the different ways you can use it in your classroom and all the different things that they've um, Upgraded to over the past year to make it more um, Instructionally based so I'm excited to watch that video and then also today was a video with the end of the year Wakelet that yes, just so checking that then, out, the Wakelet Wrap-Up, they the, call it, the right? The Wakelet Wrap-Up, and they're also teasing some things that will be coming next year. So. Uh, like
0: Screencastify, they're continually evolving and improving their platform, and most importantly to us, it's free 99. It's free. So that's the greatest part. It's free, and that's very important to us because, you know, there's enough things that we're paying for on our own, and it's such a valuable tool that even if there was a cost, I think Dan and I would pay for it, but... Free 99 makes it even better.
1: And what's also great about Wakelet is how serious it takes student privacy. So it is COPA, it is FERPA, but they'll even come out and say that they're New York State Ed Law 2D compliant. Like When we said in our paperwork, we had no problem getting that right back from them. Right. So they they take um, student privacy seriously, which creates a great platform for students. And with one of those new releases, it makes it even better. Because originally it was you know to and you can share a wakelet with with anyone Anybody. Yep. but to to come in and collaborate their own policies were to be 13 or older but now they added a new feature which makes it accessible and and you can collaborate with with younger students
0: and the best part about that with the collaboration component with the younger students is it eliminates that extra step where you kind of have to curate and collate and find every student's individual space in Wakelet. Now, as what Dan's mentioning, is you can automatically import rosters through Clever, through Microsoft, through Google, and have a Wakelet class, right? And then they're able to all contribute to one space. It's, It's like tiered, I'm thinking. And so, you know, you have your Padlet, right? And then everybody can do that. And then you have Jamboard. But here, it's not just notes and pictures. It's anything. It's PDFs. It's GIFs. It's pictures. It's text. It's stuff from your drive. The amount of stuff that students can curate and then you, you know, set it up how you want with the shelf, the tile view, the wall view, all that stuff makes it just such a powerful tool because, All of the learning can be accessible in one place.
1: Right. And, you know, I'm just going back to this update. I mean, you can now create that space with imports from Google Classroom, Microsoft, and Clever. And we talk about, and and Wakelet comes out and and says it, its tool is a curation tool. Yep. But you think about students being in charge of their own curation of learning. You know, it's not just organization. There's, There's... a tremendous amount to be students can learn and and develop skills and practices when they're curating material there's so much critical thinking of what what material will work why it works should i put it here should i put it there not to mention the collaborative aspect of it you know so when we talk about curation we're, we're not just talking about organizing something in one place there's right. a lot that can go into it and a lot you can build with your students in that curation experience and really there's you know, it's a great platform for that. Of course, you can use other things like Google Sites and, and to curate, but the accessibility sure. of Wakelet, the ability to share it, the ability to collaborate it, and bring in everything easy, just makes it so much more practical.
0: Yeah, it's it really is phenomenal. That update is really such just so powerful, and the students now have ownership because they can curate what's important to their own learning. So again, we're crea- they're creating their own learning journey, for lack of a better term, by curating and collecting all the stuff that's important for what they need to, at the end, create a product to show and demonstrate their, you know, their learning to, you know, to you as an educator. So that's great. Um, one thing that I know we've always talked about, uh, and we mentioned it, uh, I believe, you know, when we started talking about Wakelet, uh, you know, a couple episodes ago was digital portfolios. Right. You know, so we talked just now with that update with a classroom. So you can definitely have your, you know, classroom contributing and creating these spaces, you know, and like Dan said, the collaboration part. But now we can also talk about a digital portfolio and how powerful that is for every student to have a digital portfolio.
1: Just the ownership aspect of it. You know, when, when the students are, you, you set up a portfolio process in your classroom, it, it's a great performance assessment because um, you can, students are then responsible for curating the information that demonstrates that they have an understanding of of a various topic or they've mastered a a particular skill and they can do it in ways that involve a lot of choice. Yeah, Voice and choice is, is very important. It creates engagement and then it also creates ownership for students. Yeah,
0: and it also will provide students that opportunity to think deeply about the work that they're putting on there because they now have an authentic audience of what they're creating is going to go somewhere other than just a grade book and they get to think deeply about their work with the portfolio. It lets them think profoundly and critically about the artifacts that they decide what work to showcase, what to put on display. Is this my best? Is this, you know, what I want to share, you know, as I'm demonstrating my learning, it really gives them, you know, that opportunity. They're also able to kind of track their journey and understand where they are in the learning process. So, Am I progressing towards the learning goals? Am I trying to meet this rubric? Or how am I being assessed on this? And they can understand their own growth over time. I mean, if you can have educators over a number of years utilize Wakelet as a portfolio tool, seeing that growth, I mean, especially at the elementary levels, because there's so much massive growth in such a, even just one calendar year. But over a couple of years, that would be
1: completely powerful. Powerful. I mean, the options are, are endless. Um, I'm referring to a Jake Miller article um, about using different spaces in Wakelet. But, you know, this curation tool allows students to create their own online textbooks. Yep. You know, so as you're sitting there and students are demonstrating their understanding, they can create an online textbook with multimedia that they create and put it all in one place for someone to access and in, 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 in one of the collection templates, I mean, just to incorporate their own writings, their own visuals, their, their own audio recordings, their own video recordings. And it, it's, I remember trying to, doing this in, in wiki spaces years yeah. ago, remember. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, um, it, the, the tool just makes it easier.
0: Yeah. And one of Dan's favorite things is always having collaborative student notes. Right. And Jake does talk about, you know, you want to collaborate and curate these learning resources. Students can definitely collaborate, you know, have these creative, create these collaborative notes in Wakelet. They can type in their notes, but they can share pictures of handwritten notes, sketch noting, YouTube videos that they found helpful, online resources, websites. There's, there's, it's endless. The possibilities are endless in that regard for that portfolio.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, you do. There, there are issues. Not everyone's a one-to-one. Not everyone has digital access right. on demand, but the ability to work on and offline and then bring it together in one space um, just by uploading images of what you create by hand is fantastic.
0: Yeah. And, you know, what I thought was interesting, Jake even talked about it becoming a teacher webpage, mm-hmm. which I'd have to really try to wrap my head around that completely. Um, I would more want to embed my Wakelet on my webpage Uh, in that regard. But that's just a personal preference here. Um, I'm I'm a big fan with the webpage being its own entity. um, Because I see, you know, I can see how it would work. But for me, I'm more of, you know, not leading that way. But something he did say, when we talk about having that collaborative team time with colleagues, uh, you know, department meetings, grade level meetings, whichever it may be, These are a great space for collaborative planning for teachers, sharing things. So what's that YouTube video that you shared? And then it's automatically there. It's not digging through your email or searching YouTube. So it's another way of, I get it, curating, but it's also collaborating with your colleagues as a planning space.
1: And speaking of of a communication tool, um, For for communication between your classroom and and home or the community, Wakelet is a great way to put together newsletters Yeah, that you can create or, even better, have your students create weekly or monthly or biweekly, whatever it is, newsletters to share the learning that's going on in the classroom. Again, that gives them a level of ownership of what they're doing in the classroom. Um, It also creates engagement. It gives them a chance to verbalize or write reflections on what is happening. So it it could be a great formative assessment tool for teachers for when they're producing these newsletters. Um, And there's an excitement because there's an authentic audience. And the great thing is put it into a Wakelet space, share the link out and you're done.
0: Yeah. The one thing that I also was working um, with a teacher on is they run a before school book club and the QR code sharing feature in Wakelet. So as these kids are, are developing the reviews on their certain books and novels that they're reading It's, you know, it's an underrated option. It could be huge for media center and libraries. You know, you create that wakelet space for book clubs or book reviews, and then you add a new collection for each book. Then students could join to discuss books. They could leave recommendations, you know, which is part of our ELA standards. They can get recommendations. And best of all, you print out those QR codes, right? Laminate them if you want, and just stick it on the book. Or if you're showing the book in a library or whatnot.
1: Um, one thing I want to bring up and this is something that I am working on and with this new upgrade for, for students thirteen and under, I'm actually thinking about switching what we're doing, but is student blogging. I mean blogging is a great reflection yep. tool, but it's a powerful tool for our students' development. Um, PBL Works says like if we empower if we are to empower students to take charge of their own learning and perform at high levels, having them publish professionally in the digital environment seems essential. Yep. Um, so using Wakelet for student blogs is, is just a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer, no especially with looking at the blogging platforms that are available for for those of us, you know, in New York and dealing with Ed Law Two D. It's become a challenge to yeah. to be able to, you know, find a place to publish student blogs that's going to protect student uh, per- personal identifiable information, right? right? Yeah.
0: Um, a couple of things Jake Miller also, you know, had rec- uh, recommended We actually had the opportunity to meet Jake. Uh, it's almost two, three summers ago almost now uh, at ISTE. But, the, you know, we're talking about podcasting and like Dan had, you know, just mentioned, uh, you know, a little while ago how we're going to be podcasting with a multitude of classrooms across, uh, you know, our district. But the power of audio, which we do have to get back to multi-track audio and, mm-hmm. and, and tools for, for educators in that regard, it's undeniable. It's, it's the logistics that are harder for educators. We get it to wrap your brains around. Where do we host it? How can we help students hear each other's ones? How do we keep them with our own classroom? How do we distribute them? So if students are just recording their their podcast or their audio and whatever tool is working, whether it be Flipgrid, Screencastify, and we'll go through all these and, and talk about them, and then you post them it within a collection on a Wakelet space, every student's collection is like their own podcast. It's right there. And that's really, you know, talk about amplifying student voice. You can't get much better than that. And you can have, you know, share that out. You know, if it's math talks like we've been talking about, that's a great tool for students to kind of gain learning in a different modality.
1: And the great thing about these Wakelet spaces is you can easily bring one collection into another. So if students are building that portfolio and they want to take examples of their blogs or examples of their podcasts. They can move it from one collection to another. Yep. And it, it it just makes sense.
0: It does, it does. Well, lots of of tips there on how to use Wakelet. Uh, obviously, if you have any questions about Wakelet, please feel free to reach out on on the socials. As Mister Voice will tell you for for Dan or I. Anything else you want to wrap up with Dan for Wakelet or anything for this week?
1: Um, no, I just uh, encourage people to to go check out our. 12 days of tech miss. (laughs) um, There's just some, some neat little things in there. And we just wanted to say thank you to, you know, everyone that we, we work with. Um, We're so thankful to have the opportunity to brainstorm, share ideas. And then thank you to everyone who, who does listen to us. We really appreciate it. And we welcome all feedback or any questions. We'll share whatever we have.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So always reach out. Uh, We do thank you for all your support, Uh, you know, with uh, listening on all platforms, leaving us those reviews. Again, questions, comments, suggestions. We always say reach out. Tech hard, work smart. Till next time, live an adventure. Find Andrew on all socials at A Nicola Tech and Dan at WCSD Tech DR.